Hello and thank you for joining with me today as we start a new series on the book of 1 John. Let's start with our Bible reading for today. I'm reading from the book of 1 John in the New Testament, um, right up the back of the New Testament near the end, book of 1 John chapter 1 through to 2, chapter 2 verse 2. That which was from the beginning, which we've heard and which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we've seen it and we testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we've seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message that we've heard from him and declare to you. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim that we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. For the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, friends, since the beginning of the Christian faith, since the very start of the church, the followers of Jesus Christ have faced countless challenges. It's clear that as John writes this letter, um, more a sermon than a friendly letter, as he writes, he writes against a background of some challenge to what the Christians were understanding about Jesus and about truth, um, about what the Christian life was all about. Uh, we can only guess at what that background challenge was. We do know about the philosophies of the day. Um, and in this wonderful short book of 1 John, it's a beautiful case study for us of, um, of John saying, this, this is the main thing about Christianity. You, if you keep the, the main thing the main thing, if you, if you understand the essence of Christian faith, you understand its intrinsic nature, um, its essentials, its non-negotiables, then this will enable you to um, rightly respond to the challenges that you face. Now, I said that there have been countless challenges to the church. This one sounds like it's an external challenge, some sort of philosophical teaching or heresy. Um, but challenges can come, other challenges can come externally from society's changes. We've seen such incredible changes in society over the centuries. Looking back a number of centuries, I'm thinking about slavery, which was accepted, um, accepted uh, by many in the church and yet 
society changed and the church was challenged to think about whether that was a thing that it wanted to stand firm on, slavery, or whether it needed to rethink um, the way in which it had interpreted scriptures that concerned slavery. Other societal changes have related to um, you know, economic equality, um, the worth and dignity of women, uh, all sorts of human rights that, you know, many times the church has been uh, challenged to think about whether it's holding the right position, whether it's interpreted the scriptures correctly. Um, in the last, say, 70 years or so, with the introduction of the contraceptive pill, a lot of changes in society, um, contraception, premarital sex, um, divorce and remarriage, abortions, uh, you know, so many changes in society, each of which have challenged the church to say, well, this is different to what we've been teaching and living. Uh, do we need to change or do we need to stand firm? So this is a wonderful case study where John is writing to say, I want to talk to you about the essence of Christianity. If you get this right, then the other things will fall into place. Some challenges have come to the church internally and um, the birth of the Protestant church, of which the Anglican church is one, the Church of England and the Lutheran church and so many of the Protestant churches, they grew out of an internal challenge, which was what will we do um, as we encounter corruption in the church, at the papal sale of indulgences in the 15th and 16th centuries were a challenge that the church had to think through. Um, there was another challenge around the same time around the translation printing of the scriptures. The printing press was invented. And it is so hard for us to even comprehend this today when Bibles are so freely available to us. But there were those in the church who opposed the translation of scriptures into everyday language and the printing and distribution of those scriptures. Some of our spiritual forebears were burnt at a, at cross, uh, burnt on stakes, um, trying to uphold the translation, um, the printing and the distribution of scriptures so that all could read for themselves. Uh, some internal challenges have come from the abuse of power or positional authority. They keep coming. Um, and some challenges come from an external philosophical position or a worldview. So think of all the isms, you know, atheism and secularism and humanism, uh, materialism. All of these have presented challenges to the church. Do we need to change or do we need to stand firm? So it's a great thing for us to look at 1 John, where John, it's a great case study um, where John is saying, I'm going to talk to you about the essentials of Christianity, the immovables, the non-negotiables. Um, if you get these right, then the other things will fall into place. It's, it, it, uh, Roy Clements, who's written a commentary on Run, 1 John, observed that it's interesting that as the first generation of these esteemed apostles started to pass away, um, and there were challenges facing the church. They did not feel the need to set up some central, uh, central organization of some authority in Jerusalem or Rome. They didn't see the need to set up church councils. They didn't see the need to encourage um, a fresh 
you know, a fresh revelation from the spirit. Instead, they, they, what they put their energy into is recording the truth that Jesus had shared with them and calling upon Christians to understand and live out that truth. So let's jump in and have a look at what are the immovables of Christianity as John understands them. Firstly, I think there are three in this little passage that we've read, and the first one is the word of life, the second is the message of life, and the third is the fellowship that we enjoy with God, um, the life we have with God. So firstly, the word of life. And as we read um, this uh, this letter that John's written, you can hear the gospel that he wrote as well just in this same passage because he talks about the word and light and God is light and so on. And he has this um, ambiguous way of writing. It's a lofty way of describing uh, the truths of the Christian faith. And John always seems very comfortable with this ambiguity. He talks about the word of life, and the, the, it's hard to understand whether he's referring, is he referring to um, Jesus Christ, the word, because uh, Jesus is referred to as the word which came from God, which was with God in the beginning, or is he referring to the word of life as in the message um, of life. And I think John is comfortable with this ambiguity. Uh, commentators I've, I've read suggest that he's comfortable with it because for him, the man and the message are inseparable. The word of life is Jesus Christ and it is the gospel that Jesus came to proclaim as well. There's something else that John says here about this word of life. He says, it was with God from the beginning and we saw it this life, this word of life appeared. We've seen it and testify to it and we proclaim it to you. We proclaim to you what we've seen and heard. Um, so uh, at, at the time, um, in the background, thinking about what was the external challenge, um, the background was, you know, uh, Eastern and Western philosophies and a different understanding about matter and spirit. Um, and at the time, anything that was matter, um, anything that was solid, if you like, was considered to be base and dark and evil. Um, whereas anything that was spiritual, that was godly and, and holy um, and wonderful and good. And there was this dualism, um, matter and spirit. And so there were those, and there was a particular teacher called Serinthus, um, concurrent with John, who could not accept that spirit, which is good and God and eternal, could possibly become enfleshed, could become matter, because matter was base and evil. And so this teacher, Serinthus, and John doesn't name him, but you know, it seems like something like this is in the background. Serintha said, maybe the Son of God, the God of light, just seemed to be in the person of Jesus Christ. Maybe the Son of God came and seemed to be um, at the baptism and then through to just before the crucifixion because we can't accept that um, the true Son of God could ever suffer. It was impossible for 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 good spirit to suffer. 
Um, and so there was this different teaching about Jesus. And that's why I think John is emphasising here that this word of life appeared and we saw it and we touched it. This is what we proclaim. So for John, one of the essentials of the Christian faith is the incarnation of God in the person of Jesus Christ, a real human being who was also God, God and human at the same time, walked among us, uh, walked a life in our shoes for 33 years, uh, saying this is the word of life and the message that he came to proclaim. He says, this is what we're proclaiming to you. So here is the essential. And Roy Clements in his commentary on 1 John says this, God has given us eternal life by giving us himself. The incarnation of God is an essential. It's a non-negotiable about Christianity. The only way to find life is to find the life incarnate, the physicality of Christ, the incarnation of Jesus Christ, essential along with the truth that he proclaimed. Um, the second thing that John talks about is the message of life. And here is the message. He simplifies it so much. He says in verse 5, this is the message we've heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. God is light. There is no darkness in God. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and don't live the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Christ, his son, purifies us from all sin. This apparently was an unpalatable truth and it's still unpalatable today. Today in our age where, you know, humanity is on this wonderful uh, journey towards self-actualization, it seems, um, no, no, who wants to talk about sin and darkness? Um, and us, you know, failing to walk in the light, us failing in any way, us needing a saviour. And yet John says, here's the message, God is light and in him is no darkness, but there is darkness in us. And if we say there isn't, we're deceiving ourselves and we're lying. But it's okay, even though we're called to walk in the light with God, it's okay when we sin, we have Jesus, our saviour, our advocate, the atoning sacrifice for our sins, not just for ours, but for the sins of the whole world, he says in chapter 2, verse 2. So there is the truth, the word of life, the message of life. And finally, he uses this Greek word koinonia, the fellowship, talks about the fellowship, the fellowship that the apostles have with the Father and the Son, and that also uh, all Christian believers can have. Uh, we claim to have fellowship with him, to walk in his light. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Christ purifies us from all sin. There is a third essential to Christian faith, not just the message of life, not just the, the word of life, but the experience of life with God, of fellowship with God. Um, Christianity is not just the person, the message, it's a lifestyle as well. These are the essentials of Christianity. What a great simple message and also what a great blessing and a promise there is there about fellowship. Um, fellowship as we, our role is to come and confess and to just receive this wonderful uh, gift of forgiveness in order that we can have fellowship with God and walk in the light. Walk in the light with God. How wonderful. 
These are what John says are the non-negotiables. And when we face challenges, uh, if we can keep these main things the main thing, if our unity is not around some position we're holding on a particular thing, but our unity is around uh, the word of life, the message of life, and fellowship with um, with God, enjoying that life with God, fellowship with him, then that will enable us, that will guide us, um, strengthen us, and give us wisdom, no doubt, about whatever challenges we face and whether these challenge is something that is calling upon us to stand firm where we are or whether it's calling upon us to adapt in some way. There's another challenge here as well, and that is the challenge to rise to the challenge of continuing this apostolic proclamation. John said, we proclaim to you what we've seen and heard, and we are called, we've been given the Great Commission too, to proclaim this word of life, this message of life um, to our friends, our colleagues, our family, those who don't believe the same things that we believe. And we can find it very challenging. Uh, we don't live in a, in a culture that is very um, responsive to the Christian message. And also, you know, with a book like this, we go, oh, I don't know how I would explain Christianity. How do I talk about Christianity? Um, sometimes I feel like we talk about the easy things, you know, that just a loose idea of God, or we talk about how we've gone to church. But John pulls no punches and he makes it simple. Here he says is the message. Um, it's about the word of life. It's about the message that God is light. In him is no darkness. Um, and we can walk in there. We're called to walk in that light by confessing our sin and taking the wonderful gift of the atoning sacrifice of Christ, our advocate at the righteous one. And finally, to actually have fellowship with God, to walk in the light day by day, enjoying fellowship with God. Um, that's a tangible thing that our friends, our family and our colleagues should be able to see, a tangible lifestyle, the Christian lifestyle. Well, thank you for listening. And I look forward over the coming weeks as we continue to explore the book of 1 John. I encourage you to read it ahead of time.